This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Truman, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart Walker. How are you this morning, big boy? Doing great. Good to have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here. It's, we, we got a fun show on this morning. Uh, uh, Ronnie Martin is, uh, uh, of course, he's a regular guest now. And uh, he keeps up with all the interesting things that are going on in the city. And uh, we have Tommy Davidson on. And Tommy is one of these people... How would you describe him, Ronnie? An influencer. <clears throat> An influencer. Huh. So would you be someone who rides the the, um, the road to the right, or you would be someone who rides the road to the left? I don't ride any of those roads. You pretty much go whichever way the wind blows. Is no, I go the way I want to go. I get on the road I want. <laughs> That's pretty hard to do. That's why he's an influencer, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, Ronnie, I, I mean, it, it, this is a very unusual time, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. there are so many different things that are going on that are influencing almost everything that we do every day. And being a, a person who is um, uh, having to make some of the tough decisions right now, I guess you're glad that you're not uh, running for office this year, aren't you? I think we talked about that earlier. <laughs> Anytime you run for office, it's challenging. Yes, but, uh, yes. You know, just to, just this week, uh, the uh, the county mayor and the city mayors agreed to do a mask mandate, which I know you're supportive of and very happy of. Uh, yes. That we've done. Yes. Um, and uh, that's a very... I remember when I was in law enforcement, people would say, who is that mask mandate? <laughs> So that's that's been a very controversial thing, you know. Yeah. Folks folks feel like the government shouldn't be mandating those things, and you know they. I've heard speculation that it's a precursor about forced vaccination and all this sort of stuff. But I mean, you know, my perspective uh, candidly sort of changed, and I think maybe your perspective on that might have changed. I'll let you talk about that if you want to, but. Why would uh, I want to change? I don't know. I think it's progress is good, right? We continue to grow. Depends and, on what we talk talk about <laughs> as progress. That's right. I mean, progress who's, can go two ways. Whose progress is it? Yeah, yeah. But, but I can tell you one thing. Um, when, when you're quarantined, yeah. it, 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 it causes a, another problem in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that... Uh, when you put people and lock them up like you're throwing them in jail or taking away all their freedoms and all those type things, um, it, it, it's, it's a very tough decision to, to make w- when you're put in that type of situation. But um, I tell you what, what gets you through is your friends and your family. And uh, when you, you no longer have them available uh, uh, you you don't really realize what a blessing it is until it's taken away from you. That's a great point. You yeah. know, it, it, what what made it different for me is you know I was not one that wanted. I, I was not as concerned about my personal safety. I know you and I talked about that. Yeah. Some you were not as concerned about that. Yeah. But <clears throat> what really made that very real for me was the awareness that I gained about, um, you know, at the bank, because Pinnacle, you know, we made the decision that to protect our employees and our business, we were going to do a mask mandate. So we did that. But I'll tell you, the thing that was very eye-opening for me that I had, I had been, I'd had a very selfish perspective on that up to that point. 
was <clears throat> when I would come into work without a mask and there were those people who were voluntarily wearing masks, well, they may have had health issues that they might not have wanted to disclose to everyone. They might not have wanted other people to know that they were at risk. And by me not wanting to wear a mask, you know, I was essentially putting someone in danger who was at risk. And, and you could argue, like some have, that, you know, I've got a, an independent right not to do that if I want to. But it became very different for me that when the bank said, hey, we're going to do this because we want to protect our employees. And then you had people who were afraid to speak up that said, I'm so glad the bank has done this because I was literally in fear on a daily basis coming to work. Maybe not just for themselves, but maybe they had a loved one at home that had health issues. Maybe they had parents at home. Maybe they had children at home. And, you know, those are really real things that when you start thinking about it, you know, do I want to be the type of person that is working in a group that is putting my personal view, you know, paramount in front of everybody that I work with and is not giving any consideration to how they feel or the danger that they may feel. So that changed my perspective on it totally. I got a question. Yeah. Am I allowed to Tommy jump Davidson. in here? Tommy Davidson. Just call me GTT. Why can't I go out and drink and drive? Who told you you couldn't go out and drink and drive? The law. Why can't well, I go out? Why can't I go out and get really drunk and drive? It's dangerous to other people. Yeah. What's the difference between that and COVID? Does that make sense? What no, I'm saying? It doesn't. Well, it doesn't make any sense. But the reason why I'm not allowed to drink and drive is because I impact other people if yeah. I hit them. Yeah. The reason why I need to wear a mask, and, you know, I don't wear a mask, but the reason why I should is because it it unintentionally impacts other people. But you're actually making a choice to not wear the mask. Yeah, well, what you're bringing in is, is, is your choices of freedom. And, and how is it going? And, and a lot of people do not understand the, the COVID virus whatsoever because... You, you have other diseases like the common flu and, and things like that that basically kill more people than, than, than what the virus is. And then you start looking at why are we so impacted uh, all the way across the board with the virus? And a lot of people really don't understand it because some of the things that, that you're required to do actually cause you more health problems. Than, than really uh, dealing with the virus itself because w- when you're um, pretty much, I mean, I mean, the suicide rates have gone up through the roof. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is simply because people are having a hard time dealing with the quarantine issue. I mean, it really has. And, they, and in some ways, the uh, quarantine issue has changed as far as the CDC is concerned. And it's going to continue to change because, look, ever since this crap began, uh, what was it, four months ago or something like that? February, March. uh, It has changed considerably. In fact, it's changing almost every day. Right. And and it's almost like, I, I hate to use the word politics, but the political situation with this virus has almost become as damaging as anything else. Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to see that kind of form itself in the middle of this issue. And, um, you know, you were talking about the, the isolation and the damage that causes. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen that in my own home. Um, you know, I've got, you know, wife and, and kids that mm-hmm. tell me I, I'm their greatest source of risk, you know, of endangerment related yeah. to COVID-19 because yeah, especially prior to, you know, the mask mandate and prior to, you know, um, uh, the bank wanting us to do that, I wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah. And so they were wearing masks and gloves everywhere. And, you know, the, the thing that I go back to about that is, you know, it's not good for us to be locked up and to be secluded and separated. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can argue that there's no data related to masks, do, masks doing this or helping that and all those sorts of things. And I'm, I'm not here to debate that because I don't really know. But, yeah. but it does make some common sense to me that if my mouth and nose are covered and I cough or sneeze, and I'm not spreading particles for other people to be potentially exposed. To me, that makes logical sense. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, but, you know, I've seen that happen firsthand, um, you know, in my home. And I think about, 
you know, this issue came up <clears throat> when the county and the city made the decision to send school, you know, kids back to school. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my wife and I had some very uh, strong conversations related to, you know, uh, kids are having to wear masks, uh, teachers are having to wear masks, and this was before, you know, the city of Murfreesboro mandated masks. It was before the county mandated masks. So you had educators trying to protect children or trying to protect themselves. Um, but it was, you know, it was kind of a, um, a hard thing for, I think, a lot of teachers to process of, hey, we're going to ask five- and six-year-olds in some cases to wear masks, but we can't get adults to do it. Mm-hmm. And even if we protect these kids when we send them back to school, if the adults who are supposed to be adults aren't wearing masks, mm-hmm. then the kids are exposed to the adults and would be bringing those things into the school, whatever potential exposure or contamination back into the school. And, and part of the reason that, you know, we got to get the schools back up and running, and this is it, – it's a – it's a complicated issue, but, you know, we need the kids back in school for their education. We need them back in school for what you said related to, you know, their mental health and socialization. Mm-hmm. But we also got to have a place to put the kids when the parents are working so that the economy stays in place. And so, you know, <clears throat> again, I think anything we can do that's reasonable to, to have safety precautions to keep us moving forward, wearing masks, you know, while we're out, wearing masks when you come in and out of restaurants, when you're moving through buildings. If it keeps us up and moving, it keeps people in socialized, not isolated situations, it keeps our education system running, it keeps our economy running, uh, it's a very small sacrifice to me personally. So Yeah, and, and just thinking the last five minutes when you were explaining that, how many different situations are brought up that are going to be clashing almost the, the entire time. I have never seen anything in my lifetime that had so many different uh, um, judgments that would come up as far as how you're going to handle the situation. Right. And, and um, it, it, of course, it, it doesn't help to be the most oppressive summer I can ever remember it's either. Hot, man. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing. Now, uh, you know, you and I, we walk in different circles than a lot of other people do. But Tommy Davidson, uh, he's over there in the elite right. uh, table uh, every morning. High roller table. Yeah, high roller. So uh, what is the conversation uh, on the tip, the uh, subjects that, that we've been addressing, Tommy, when, you, when it's brought up over there? Because you, you guys won't let us attend. We talk about a lot of information you don't need to hear. <laughs> Could be offensive. Yeah. But most of the people over there are, uh, you know, conservative uh, business owners. And yeah. They, um, they don't listen to the media narrative. They don't want to wear a mask. They, yeah. don't, they don't want their freedom. They, they're, they're really, my, the people I spend the most time are more focused on themselves. And getting ahead and supporting their family and protecting relationships. So we don't spend a ton of time on it. I don't. They probably spend more than I do because I'm really, uh, I'm a narcissist. I'm more focused on myself. Did you say you were a narcissist? I'm a, I'm a narcissist. Oh, narcissist. Yeah, narcissism. Yeah, yeah I, 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 don't, I, I thought you were going to burn down the courthouse. <laughs> I don't think any politician is going to come to my door and say, hey, I'm here to make your life better. I think that's impossible. Yeah. So all of my energy goes into me and what I need to be yeah. doing. But, but by doing that, the better I become, the better I am, the more I can help people. So... Most of my most of my energy, most of my focus is not on politics. Yeah, they talk about it. I don't wear a mask. They don't wear a mask. They don't want the government to shut us down again. Neither do I. So, I would say most of the people at that table are more from an entrepreneur perspective. Hey, we need to make money. Is what what uh, the elite table here at Sylvan Park says. How much does it cost to sit at that table? If I wanted to come there, could I sit there? Well, Floyd tries to charge people because he knows I'm in a coaching program. And he well, thinks, he needs the money, John. Does. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. It's especially this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how many houses they're actually selling? But hey, we need we need a banker. We need Ronnie Martin. That's 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 what who we really need. You know, I heard that you were thinking about maybe moving, Ronnie, and I I I, I know that we cannot afford to lose you, but. Um, I had somebody that told me that they called you from Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington, and uh, 
they feel like that you're the man that can step in wow. over there. It, you, you're talking about all these these crazy things that are going on at one time. I mean, uh, America is burning right now because of uh, uh, things that absolutely make no sense to us whatsoever right here in this part of the country. And uh, is, is America still one big country, or, or, or what in the heck is going on? You know, I think it to the point you're making, I think it we take for granted lots of things in our small little and We're bubble. blessed here. We, we are, and so, you know, we're in a campaign season right now, and we've got, um, you know, within, what is it, two weeks, three weeks, um, you'll have an election for new council members for the city, and <laughs> I think uh, I think regardless of the outcome of that, um, we're in a place uh, as evidenced by what's happened in our community over the last few months and yeah. how we responded and, and how it was different, you know, we didn't, we didn't turn over a city block to a certain group that said, hey, you know, do what you want. Anarchist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't we don't value private property, and we don't, you know, value law and order and, and those types of things. And, you know, I think politics becomes a big part of that, especially in the large cities, especially, um, you know, uh, it tends to be more democratically um, uh, governed cities um, as a party affiliation. But... Um, you know, I'm really proud of Murfreesboro, and I'm proud. Uh, we just celebrated July 4th. That's always, I think that's a special thing for everybody in our country. It should be, regardless of, you know, whatever narrative you feel like, um, you know, applies directly to you. We're, we're in a fantastic country, and we've got a lot to be proud of. But um, to your point, I'm glad I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And, oh, gosh, and, uh, yeah. I'd like to visit Portland, but more for the recreation than uh, some of that other stuff that goes on. So. What recreation? Well, there's beautiful. It's a Pacific Northwest. There's parks there and uh, waterfalls. And are they still standing? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's wow. just in the cities. Oh, yeah, out in the out in the country and in the uh, parks, you're you're in good shape. Ah, yeah, Tommy. What? Oh, one of the things. Jan, Jan is uh, <coughs> how you're you going to get in there. One of the things I brag about Ronnie the most is his ability to to be effective when he's met with a challenge yeah. of opposition. Yeah. That's probably one of his greatest gifts. Whenever somebody's yelling at him, he can remain calm and he can be effective. See, I believe politicians should be better salespeople. Ronnie Martin's an excellent salesperson. What I mean by that is he may have a, a belief, but he's willing to listen to yours and uh, understand what you're saying, but he might be able to convince you of what he believes without you feeling like he convinced you of his belief. Yeah. It's a very it's a it's something that I teach my my salespeople every single day is acknowledging. See, in politics, there ain't a lot of acknowledgement going on. It's my side. It's the way I believe. It's the way you should believe. Let me explain what you don't understand. And you're not going to be near as effective. Right. So you could. You could stay married to your belief and only talk about your perspective, but are you effective at getting what you really want doing that? But how could somebody that was raised in, in my era, uh, and we were raised uh, as far as patriotism, love of country, we, we would almost fight in the morning to be able to be the one that would raise the, fa- the flag at the school where we attended. And uh, uh, I, I never was able to grow away from that. And, mm-hmm. and, and the attitude from people like that, they're, they're just not happy with anything. And w- when you get into, you, you hear their arguments, and they're not really arguments. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people are just absolutely crazy. And, and, and you see the protesters out, and, and uh, they're supposedly, I mean, they did a great job. Uh, the the city of Murfreesboro and the county sure did Rutherford County w- when we had the anarchists come up here on the square and it didn't last long I mean they took care of it but but it doesn't seem like the news media that that they're just uh, almost just locked in if, if there's somebody out there causing trouble they're going to support them w- which has turned out to be uh, such a negative thing that's going on in our country and I heard uh, years ago. Um, what what is the real weakness of our country? And you know what it is? It's the people. 
the, the people. I mean, they, they, they don't seem to have the, the, the same uh, ability to see how blessed they are to live in the greatest country there is in the world. You know, and I think that's a very um, good observation, and I think what you can kind of combine with that statement is, like most of us, you know, our, our greatest strengths are a lot of times our greatest weaknesses as yeah. well. And so, you know, what you have, we see, you know, the, the weakness of our unity and the weakness of our, you know, uh, collective strength. Um, but we also see at times where, you know, just to use the example you just brought up, when, uh, you know, the city and the county uh, don't always get along, you know, we, we, we don't agree on everything at times. But when we needed to and when it was really important related to the protests that came on board, you know, everybody got together, they lined up, and we did a great job, you know, protecting our community because uh, there really wasn't, uh, in my opinion, at that moment, there weren't egos involved. There wasn't territory involved. It was about, hey, when things get really bad, we're going to come together. And I, so I, I think the other side of that is we still have that greatest strength. It's there. Uh, it's just hard to kind of live through some of those tough moments where uh, folks are, you know, destroying things in the name of uh, democracy and they're saying this is not their country and things like that. I mean, you know, that's one of the that's one of the freedoms we have is the ability to peacefully assemble and protest and, you know, First Amendment Seems rights. Seems like it's a freedom now to burn everything down. Yeah, I think there's some liberties that folks don't understand, you know, that are, that are basically... Um, you know, they're using those liberties to do things that they were not intended to do in some cases, not in all cases, but in some cases I think that happens. Yeah, I, I find one case really uh, interesting is the one in St. Louis um, where the, the couple uh, living in their home and all the, the rioting and, and damaging that was going on, they came out there with their weapons on the very yeah, front, that. front porch and uh, they were there to protect their property, right. and now the uh, 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 the prosecutor in St. Louis, she's wanting to prosecute them, uh, even though they were protecting their own property. Right. And uh, thank goodness that there is a governor in, in, the, in the state of Missouri that he has said she is absolutely wrong, and if anything happens as far as... Uh, them being prosecuted, he will make sure that they're pardoned so there won't be anything done to it. it it's how, I mean, it's absolutely crazy what's going on right now. But what are the big issues at Murfreesboro? Because we have a big election going on we right do. now. Right. And uh, what are some of the things that are being brought up that um, maybe some of the, the uh, voters would like to hear about? Probably uh, what would be the biggest thing on my radar at this point, um, as you well know, we talked. Larry Kirk came over and spoke to us this morning. Um, you know, uh, Murphy Sproul uh, made the decision, city council made the decision to sell our local utility. So we've done that. That transaction's closed. Yeah. Tennessee Electric's picked that up. Um, and uh, from all accounts, from what I can tell, that's gone very well, and people appear to be very happy with that. And so... Now the decision to be made is what do we do with the proceeds from that sale? Um, rough math, there's $40 million or so. There's some escrow uh, holdings going on. So how much money the city will actually get in its account um, will change over a short period of time. But just call it $40 million up front. And then I think we're going to get $17 million a year for 15 years. So that was the deal that was struck. That's what the city agreed to do. And so the big debate will be, um, you know, if, if you think about why Middle Tennessee Electric paid us roughly $300 million, you know, for the utility, um, that, that also includes the, the interest that they're paying us for delayed payments, right, because we're basically financing the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do with that money and what's best long-term for the city of Murfreesboro? And, you know, we had a conversation in the last workshop meeting where, um, you know, the mayor gave us some guidance and the city manager asked for some guidance on saying, hey, you know, uh, we've got to come up with a plan. And, and I think everybody's interested in coming up with a plan. But you'll definitely see a uh, strong discussion, I think, related to certain certain members of staff. I think, I think Craig Tindall, the city manager, feels very strongly that we should be doing capital improvement projects, which means spending that money, you know. 
um, and I'm not uh, opposed to the capital improvement projects, um, but I do think that what I would advocate for is to set the vast majority of that money aside, just like the utility when we had MED intact. You know, we couldn't get our hands on the value of that asset. It's designed for us not to be able to get our hands on the value of that asset. So in some ways it was protected. Well, I'm much more interested in protecting the legacy of those dollars rather than fixing what I believe to be um, short-term problems that we've got in the city. Uh, nobody's going to argue that we don't have traffic problems. I know you, you love the traffic when you drive around town. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kidding. I know you don't love the traffic when you drive around town. So I yeah. know I know we need streets there, and roads. There's a wreck in every uh, uh, intersection right now. Well, and, and look, those are challenges. But, but the argument that I would make, kind of the counter-narrative is, if we don't understand how we got ourselves into the position where we couldn't afford to do some of these projects because there weren't enough dollars to do it, and we try to solve those problems with one-time income that came from the sale of MED, well, without really understanding how we got in the position that we're in, what's to save, what's to keep us from doing the exact same thing and repeating that mistake 20 years from now or 50 years from now? And in that case... Those, those folks won't have an asset to sell in order to fix those problems. And so I'm a very strong advocate for preserving the majority of that money. I'm not opposed to spending some of it if we think we should do that. But I'm in this camp of 60 to 70 percent at minimum should be set aside uh, for future generations of, of our citizens and for our city to, to use. So that's a big one. Um, you know, we've there's been a lot of discussion, uh, I think, off the record related to city school systems. There's been a, a lot of discussions related to uh, EMS, you know, in, in the city taking over an EMS or, or hiring a, a private group to do EMS, you know. So those things are being talked about, not publicly, um, but um, there, there are always those conversations. And so... It'll be interesting to see if those things come to light, if they become part of the public conversation. But I think by far and away the biggest talking point at this point is what we do with the MED money. It's, it's hard with all the things that are going on in, in a city like Murfreesboro. Uh, you you want to control or be able to control a, a lot of things that are going on in our city that need to be looked after uh, for the next 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't want to... Um, where, where where, do you... When you start looking at all the things that are going on in the city of Murfreesboro, is there any way to put your finger on some of the things that you feel like will vastly improve our city? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a very difficult thing right now. Well, I think one thing that COVID has um, kind of highlighted is, you know, the challenges of um, the challenge of technology related to how we do the job we do. Jane and I had this conversation on the way to um, to Sylvan Park this morning. You know, at the bank, we've got some folks that are set up to work at home. We've got some folks that are not set up to work at home. So the machine, the, the gears are kind of grinding rough right yeah. now because we're trying to figure out how to execute and do all this, which is every other business is trying to do the exact same thing. And I think, um, you know, it may not always feel like it's as smooth as it should be because it's not. Um, but I think we're getting it. We're getting the job done. It's not yeah. easy, uh, but we're getting it done. But talk about education, you know, the kids going back to school, I think the numbers that I heard were that probably 30 to 40 percent of children will choose to distance learn at home. Okay, so you get into this conversation of well, and I didn't know this; I had to learn this. What what happens? How do those people learn at home that do not have access to technology? Right? Um, maybe they have a computer or a phone. Maybe they don't. Uh, who has access to broadband Wi-Fi to where they can connect to a system and do that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that we can do um, is create a way, find an opportunity to make sure that everybody in our city has access to broadband Wi-Fi. And, you know, um, we had, with MED, we had a dark fiber, and I'm not a technology guy. I know just enough to be dangerous, but 
We had a dark fiber network that we were building within the city, which was sold to Middle Tennessee Electric as part of that sale. Mm-hmm. Dark fiber is not the same thing as broadband, but technology is technology. It kind of talks and works together, if you will, and can be expanded. So, you know, is it an opportunity um, with Middle Tennessee Electric now as a corporate partner for, um, you know, the city uh, to find a way to get access to, you know, homes in Murfreesboro, especially those lower income homes that may not have the resources to have, you know, you know my, I think my internet bill is $100 a month. Well, not everybody can pay $100 a month, you know, for broadband. So what can we do that and how does it impact education? How does it impact our kids being able to have access to technology? Um, that's one thing that I think is, is doable. Uh, I don't know how to do it, but I think it's doable. This is not an, uh probably a proper question to, to, to ask you well, here. Well, ask Tommy that. Then well, if it's well, not well proper, this is a governmental thing, Tommy. Give me a question. I'm over, I'm <laughs> well, wait bored. a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you, uh, you and I were talking about something that happened a number of years ago uh, as far as consolidation of services. Sure. And uh, that that can turn into a, a real uh, political logjam in, right. in a lot of ways. Right. But is there a way to look at uh, some of the responsibilities that the city of Murfreesboro has and maybe uh, be able to share those responsibilities with, with the county and let them actually take over some of the, uh, the cost and, sure. and, and the management of those particular type things, because uh, should this, the the city just reach out and 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 uh, and uh, incorporate all all of those things like they're doing now, right? Or should they uh, maybe release at maybe a uh, a lesser cost to everybody as far as uh, letting the the county uh, assume some of those responsibilities? So I think on the surface, that is easier than when you start peeling it back. I remember when it was first brought up many years ago. So um, there are two things that come to mind. One just came up recently, EMS. We talked about that. The, uh, the school system is the other. So I'm not an expert in that, uh, and I'm one that's quick to say we can't be afraid to have those conversations. Yeah. We've got to be able to have those conversations. I'm not doing my job if I'm not willing to have those conversations. But what I will say is, you know, rough math, the city educates about 10,000 kids. The county ed- educates about 50,000 kids. Mm-hmm. Just rough math. Um, one has to do it. The other one doesn't. It's true. So it's a very good statement. Yeah. Um, the reality is um, we're, we're paying city tax dollars to educate 10,000 kids, and the ca- we're paying county tax dollars to educate 50,000 kids. Mm-hmm. So what I think nobody has a real good feel and understanding for is what do you actually save if you were to combine those systems because you still got 10,000 kids that need to be educated Um, you still got all the facilities that you need all the teachers that you need you know is there some uh, redundancy and overlap potentially in finance and director well sure there sure there are Um, but what are you really going to save for that and then you know I I don't intend for this to be a, a controversial statement but uh, one of the things I know, you know, Dr. Gilbert, Linda Gilbert, recently passed away. She was the um, director for the city schools. Mm-hmm. Do I, based on what I know today, and, and you guys probably know uh, Bill Spurlock, who's the county superintendent, yep. mm-hmm. would I be comfortable saying Bill Spurlock turning our city schools over in the hands of Bill Spurlock to do that? Well, I probably would not, okay? And the basis for that is I think... Uh, while there are some elementary school education, certainly in the county, that is the city's whole focus. You know, we only go through sixth grade. So we've got a strong emphasis on K through six inside the city. Why Why have we centered in on sixth grade? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I, I, the legacy of the system, it probably was not that way at one time and was changed, maybe because the county picked up those things. I don't exactly know the answer to that, Drew. I don't yeah. know. But, but my point in that is... You got different cultures. You've got different strengths. There's, there's no way you could convince me that the city of Murfreesboro does not have a strong strength because all they do is educate K through six. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the county doesn't. I'm not saying that. 
Um, but I think uh, Mr. Spurlock probably has more expertise and more emphasis on high schools because I think there's more of that with middle which and he, high schools, yeah. Which is what he deals with. Yeah. To whereas Murfreesboro probably has more expertise in the other areas. So that's part of the equation as well. Um, and um, you know, I think Dr. Gilbert, uh, you know, she had this philosophy of educating the whole child. Um, I, I don't know. Um, the system uh, within the county. I'm not as close to those folks, so I just don't know. But I think that means a lot, making sure the kids are fed, making sure they're, they're clothed, and then an awareness that inside the city different people have different resources. And the same case is in the county, too. We got a caller? We got to take a break. All right, I'll stop talking. And we're going to talk about Tommy when we get back. Okay, we'll needs, do that. We need to talk about Tommy. All right, guys, we'll be back in just a second. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5-101.9, AM 14.50, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. We're discussing the great city we live in with Councilman Eddie Smotherman. Eddie, what do you like most about our city? I'm proud of the diversity our city has. Our great schools, our parks, our strong economy, our health services, and our historic downtown. From the Miracle Field to Main Street, from the Greenway to the Gateway, I love our city. Paid for by friends of Eddie Smotherman for City Council. Eddie Smotherman, Treasurer. I'm Eddie Smotherman, and I'd appreciate your vote for Murfreesboro City Council. French's Shoes and Boots is here to support our community with their shop local sale. Essential workers, French's has you covered with great deals on work boots and safety apparel to keep you going. For everyone else, spend time outdoors in comfort and style with a new pair of sandals from brands like Chaco, Birkenstock, and more. And while supplies last, get a free bottle of hand sanitizer with any purchase over $100. It makes good sense to shop at French's. Shoes and boots. 1837 South Church Street near the Dodge Dealer. Not only did Mary make herself readily available for us as we made the long trip here from Michigan, but as we requested some changes, like more houses, cancellations, she just embraced it all and smiled. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That's why it's important to work with somebody who cares. I recommend whoever is hearing this to jump off and call Mary Catherine Hughes. She's amazing and will go above and beyond for you. Mary Catherine Hughes, sold by MK, powered by EXP Realty. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Rutherford County School Board is approving a new policy requiring the use of face masks by students during the upcoming school year. At a meeting on Tuesday night, the board voted unanimously to require face masks to be worn for all staff and students. Board members briefly considered allowing participants to determine mask policy at each individual school, but administrators and teachers said they wanted consistency in the mandate. The district is working with the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency to provide two masks per child. $150 million will soon become available to Tennessee nonprofits to help with their ongoing efforts during the pandemic. Governor Bill Lee says grants will be coming from the Tennessee Community Cares Program. For organizations hoping to get some of those funds, instructions will be posted on August 1st. Applications will then be processed on a first-come, first-serve basis. The Cannon County Fair is still moving forward as planned. Officials recently updated guidelines to the fair's Facebook page. Changes include the main stage, which will not have any live entertainment and no vendors in the large grass area in front of it. Rides will still be open, but will operate at half capacity. Social distancing will be followed, and while masks are encouraged, they are not currently mandatory. Mayor Shane McFarland will hold a briefing Tuesday, July 28th at 6 p.m. on Facebook and City TV. His honors briefing will be a second conversation on race with Dr. Vincent L. Windrow, Vice Provost for Student Success and a former Director of Intercultural and Diversity Affairs at MTSU. Windrow has served as pastor of Olive Branch Church in Murfreesboro since 1999. The briefing will also include Sergeant Bryant Mitchell and Sergeant Zach Farrell with the Murfreesboro PD. And, of course, you can hear it here on News Radio WGNS. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. My name is Keith Bratcher, and I respectfully ask for your vote for Road Board Zone 2. I am a lifelong resident of Rover County. I've loved serving you on the Road Board for the past 18 years. 
I pledge to continue to work to be a good steward of the taxpayer money and stay on top of road, signage, and drain issues in the district. I want to continue to work for you on the road board and help you in any way I can. My name is Keith Bratcher, and I appreciate your vote. Paid for by Keith Bratcher for Road Board, Keith Bratcher Treasurer. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential. They're open. They're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. A few scattered showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon with partial sunshine developing in a high in the low 90s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 75. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back. And Tommy's finally getting to say something. Ooh, I'm Tommy. waking up over here. I need some coffee. Bless your Y'all heart. Y'all forgot about me the last 30 minutes. We stopped talking to you. You were eating before I knew it. You were snacking. You, you know, you're a very impressive young man, Tommy. I appreciate that. You, you, you get involved in a lot of things, and you, you have a good process of bringing things into light. Um, you know, one thing that the city of Murfreesboro, it, it's really hard for uh, – the, the city councilman to select someone a, as a manager for the whole city. That is a very difficult process. Yeah, and to sure. be able, what are you guys looking at? Now, uh, you know Tommy pretty well. I do. Tommy Davidson. He's one of my oldest friends. Yeah, he's one of your oldest friends. And uh, what do you think about maybe Tommy stepping into that role? Because he has the city of Murfreesboro. Uh, uh, that that is his number one interest because you know he 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 loves Murfreesboro. He, let me he, let me answer does, that. I'm gonna tell. He does business with Murfreesboro. I'm I'm gonna wrap this up because <laughs> over there over there at that elite table, we got some people that do they are know it alls, and there's a guy at the table that usually who, have, who would you put in the know it all category? Uh-oh. Roy, Jake's, yeah, uh, maybe sometimes John. Never Floyd. John Jones. Or John Floyd. No, Floyd is royalty. Whatever he says, it's okay. Yeah, okay. That's what happens when you have the success that Floyd has had. That's right. You can get by with that. But there is a guy there, Brian Burns, who knows more about what really goes on. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that have opinions, Mm -hmm. and they say this or they say that, or Murfreesboro, they, they should not have done this or they should not have done that. And they don't have the data. They don't have the information. So they really are just sitting there making idiotic statements without enough information to know for certain. Mm -hmm. So my point of view is I know Ronnie Martin. You know, he's he's really my only politician that I – I do support Kurt Wade. But uh, Ronnie is my go-to guy. I don't I, think of Ronnie as a politician. Well, he is he now. Is, he, he is, is now. someone that has come in, and he has done all of his research work. And bless his heart, he has a better feel of anything going on more than anybody but else you're, that you're I know of. you asking him those questions, and yeah. he had data to support what he was saying. He knew these things. I, yeah. I see people on Facebook, you know, the people were raising hell about the way uh, – Taxes I don't think you say that on the radio. Man, I've got to be very careful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they were uh, very Beep. upset about things that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And some of these people are very, very smart people. 
Yeah. But but I, I get a, a different point of view from somebody that knows. And after listening to like Ronnie tell me why one guy said this, and I'm asking him a question, there's a part, or maybe a much bigger part that they don't know. They don't yeah. have this information. They weren't at these 35 meetings, and they're they're very outspoken. There, uh, there's a couple of them, like on Facebook. They're so outspoken, but they they don't have enough information to be correct. So, so, so let me jump in with this hypothetical with Tommy being city manager, because mm-hmm. I think there are two qualities that he brings to that. All right, uh, let, let's jump in there. Every city manager that's ever been in Murfreesboro, I have I have known up until the time that Roger Haley left. Okay. I had a strong uh, personal background on every one of them. The same thing with the police chiefs and and all of those, the people that uh, 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 we need to have a, a, a good relationship with. All of that pretty much falls in line up until, uh, what, the last, what, five, ten years. Okay. Or, 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 and I have, I have very little knowledge of all those people that have stepped into those offices. So let's go to Tommy. So two things that I would uh, give Tommy really high marks on. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, um, you'll never hear Tommy point a finger at someone else and say... Can you hear somebody point a finger? That's a good point. You'll never see Tommy point a finger or yeah. or uh, uh, verbally point a finger at someone else. Verbally, verbally point, point a finger. Point a finger oh, okay. Like accuse someone oh, directly, okay. right? right. Yeah. That that they did something wrong or it was their fault or whatever else. Tommy's very internally focused. He said earlier he's, he is. he's, a, yeah. he's a narcissist. I think that's a little rough, uh, but it's his description, so I'll let him keep it since mm-hmm. it's his self-description. But he takes, uh, and he and I agree, you know, we line up perfectly on this. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes personal responsibility for everything in his life good or bad Mm -hmm. it's not anybody else's fault when he screws up and does something stupid uh, which we all do um, he doesn't blame that on someone else if if he's not having success professionally he takes responsibility for that if his team is not having success he takes responsibility for that Mm -hmm. if there's a problem that is created tommy looks internally right because he's already said that to say what can I do to make not make that mistake again? What should I have done to be better? How should I have been be- a better leader to lead my team in order for them not to have made that mistake? Because it ultimately comes back to him, mm-hmm. right? Because I-, I think that's a really good trait. You want somebody to take personal responsibility. The other thing is, um, and, and I have had to grow into this because it was really hard for me, um, but Tommy's really good at delegating. He- he'll put... You know, for people to grow, you've got to put trust in them. You've got to put faith in them to go out and make mistakes on their own. Yes, you might be able to prevent that mistake, or you might be able to do it better than them. Mm-hmm. But you can't grow a team around you without giving them the opportunity to be successful. And, um, you know, uh, Truman, I, I know you know the name, but I don't know if you watched the series, the last dance series that, um, that Michael Jordan, it's about, it's a documentary about Michael Jordan. I don't know if you've watched it or not. But... Um, one of the things that Phil Jackson, who was the coach of the Bulls, mm-hmm. had to make sure that Michael Jordan, who arguably, to me there's no argument, is the best player in basketball has ever played basketball, um, it wasn't enough for Jordan to be the best. He had to find a way to elevate everybody around him. And so once Michael Jordan understood it didn't matter that he was the best player on the planet, that would not be enough to guarantee six championships for him. So he had to get everybody else up to a level where they were outperforming what they were doing. I think Tommy understands that. So I think that's a, that's a trademark of a good leader. So Yeah, but also it, it, the trademark of a good leader is to quit going on and on about somebody while he's sitting over there twiddling his thumbs. <laughs> he, he was posting about that. He wanted to make sure everybody My wife it. was texting me. Ah, <laughs> number one. That's right. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a good point. You know, most of us, we feel like that we all have different advantages. But the biggest advantage that we have had, in my, and, and especially in my lifetime, is, is our wives. A lot of times we, do, we really don't give them enough credit. And, and, and we, that we need to be uh, uh, kind of like a sounding board sometimes when, when we're all together because... Um, I'm sure that 
your wife is your number one supporter? Yes, definitely. Um, you, uh, I don't know how much about my story I can put on this on the airways. We've talked here, about we've but, talked about uh, some of it. Yeah, the the best things in my life have happened over the last five years, and my wife has been there for those five years. Yeah. Um, so she definitely helps me. What probably held me back more than anything was a uh, a lack of focus on the on the I didn't I didn't have the certainty of where I wanted to go in my life. Mm-hmm. And she has definitely helped me overcome that deficiency. But uh, no, I agree. Ronnie's his his wife is one of she's a big supporter of mine too, and I'm a big supporter of hers. So Ronnie, I, I would 100% agree with what I'm saying about about having a wife that help, without a, without a good wife, I would be I'd be a wreck. I mean, I wouldn't probably I wouldn't have made it here in time. I'd still be out somewhere from the night before. <laughs> Can I say that? Are we allowed to say this on there? Yeah, I'll be I don't here. know what you were doing the night before. <laughs> I know, but uh, but the people that know me would know. Yeah, I'd be on the lake with her. I would. I'd still be on that houseboat. Hey, speaking of houseboat, real quick. So uh, uh, Jan's boothing's got a uh, uh, her boothing's got a birthday today. That's Mr. Terry Lahue, and I think he's got a twin, Carrie, yep. Terry, and Carrie. Yep. Birthdays today. So can we talk about how old they are? The big five O. I didn't know that you were going with such an old man. Bless your heart. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Mo Brown yesterday. She was kind of worried because she hadn't heard from me for a while. And it just so happens that everything ran together yesterday. And they just cut me loose. And I was tickled to death. And, you know, they, uh, I, I, I worry about sometimes... I I, um, I don't take this show serious enough. Um, it, it's hard to put it all together in the, in the proper perspective because you w- you want to be able to reach out to the people and and kind of get a feel of what they're thinking and things like that. But this is a fun show. It, it really is, is. And we we bring up serious stuff, but we, we can still just kind of uh, uh, put a little. Uh, comedy in it i guess you might be able to say and i I am so happy to be able to have you guys on and uh uh, you know life is good just reach out to the people that are um you you know that are they're making your life a a much better existence than than what a lot of them are Uh, except for the red light camera uh it, does anybody really like that thing? And, um, and, and and what kind of percentage does the city of Murfreesboro get from uh, being able to utilize those cameras? At Truman, I, I'm more, I'm more, uh, I'm more disappoint you. I have no idea about that. And oh, I, I uh, I've not, I was not around when we did that, and we've not talked about that issue. Um, so I, I don't know the stats. I did see where. Uh, Eddie Smotherman must have some insight information he posted this morning. Who? Eddie Smotherman. Okay. That He's one of the city council. He is, right. yes, sir. Um, and he was talking about um, the fact that uh, there was some discussion. I don't know where he got this from. I haven't heard it yet. But maybe the, that company would not renew its contract and those types of things. So I don't, I don't know if Eddie's a supporter or not a supporter of that. We've not ever talked about that. But it appears that uh, he wants folks to know that uh, – that, that may go away. So uh, for folks that don't like that, I think that will make them happy. Yeah. Do and you, I don't like it because I get a lot of tickets. So anyway. He, you do? He yeah. drives really fast. I, I really, really have fast. slowed down since I've become a city councilman because I think it's important to set a good example. But if it were not for that responsibility, I'm kind of a renegade on the road. Who sets the, the timing of, of, of the traffic lights? I have. Oh, um, Ram Belachandra, city traffic engineer. Now, not yeah. the cameras, but the lights is what yeah. you're asking. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. It, it seemed like some directional flows are better than others, especially, I mean, all during the day, but even as early as uh, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, I, I, I kind of get a little aggravated when, when I get a red light almost in every intersection I get to. I think it's, uh, 
uh, and I'm not, this is an, an unofficial statement, obviously, you're a former law enforcement person, but I think it's more at 4 a.m., a red light with nobody around is really more of a suggested red light. So you're saying... It's more like a stop and go. So you just, you're saying that when I, when I get to it, I look both ways and then this continue on. I think that fits the spirit of things. What would you think about that? Well, let me tell you about the spirit of things for me. <laughs> We're going to talk about masks yeah. now? <laughs> uh, no, uh, the, the new little intersection, the roundabout that you've got over there. I love that roundabout. You wouldn't at 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> because I can tell you, once I stop there, sometimes I have sat for more than five minutes with no traffic flowing whatsoever. Now, where are you talking about? On, on the, the square? No, no, right down here on Broad Street. Okay. Uh, where, where you come off of uh, whatever that little roundabout is, and you hit Broad Street. Right it, by it, Grumpy's. Yeah. You, you, you'll sit there, and, and if you want to turn left, yeah. you can forget it. At 4 o'clock in the morning? Uh, 4 or 5, well, whatever why don't you do what Ronnie said? Do what? Just go. If nobody's you around. You stop, look both ways, and go. I mean, how's that different than kind of... Are, are you giving me uh, instructions that unofficial. would actually break the law? <laughs> Unof- I wouldn't do that unofficial. I mean, I, I consider you a consultant in law enforcement. So when I say things, I'm kind of looking to you to correct me if, I'm, if you think I'm wrong. Yeah. It is a strange world, isn't it? It is that, a strange that world. We're, we're living in. And I'm not too sure. A lot of people like that roundabout. I love that roundabout. I think all four-way intersections should be roundabouts. You think so? Mm-hmm. Huh. Because it constantly keeps traffic moving, yeah. so you don't have to sit for seconds. Now, there are probably places where the 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 sheer volume might not make that as functional. Yeah. But in a lot of European countries, they yeah. do roundabouts everywhere, so you don't have cars stopped and you know sitting. And it, it's a traffic calming measure. It keeps people from doing ninety miles an hour down Broad Street. Tommy does that. Ninety miles an hour? No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't do that. Uh, Tommy, w- would you consider it a uh, a compliment if, say, Ronnie Martin were to look to you for a lot of the, the what? Mine? Somebody's threw threw a brick at your car. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised at that. You got it. It was mine. We were, that means we were on fire. Yeah. <laughs> if he was looking for you as someone that he would put your faith in for advice on how to deal with some of the business activities that are going on in Murfreesboro, Tommy Davidson. No, I would uh, wonder what's wrong with him because he's <laughs> so much smarter than me. That's I go true. to him. I mean, I've been going to him regularly for advice for 13 14 15 years yeah whether it's financial whether it's being a husband a stepdad there's so many things that i Does go to your him. wife know that he's sharing all these things or <laughs> uh, she would really she really trusts ronnie so oh, okay all right. i didn't i, hey, I didn't give a plug out you she is a, a my biggest fan but i'm her biggest fan so yeah. everybody needs to go to the exchange boutique today right across from the alley on main and buy something there and uh, as say I sent them, but no, I would be. Uh, I would say, Ronnie, why are you asking me this? You're a lot smarter than me. But no, of course I would be. Uh, um, I would feel grateful that he asked me. But I still, I, I think Ronnie Martin's one of the smartest people that I know. He is very bright. And um, I don't know how many times he's asked me for advice. Have you? Well, here's the great thing about Tommy is that um, he he. And I really appreciate this. There's a phrase of, you know, uh, true friends stab you in the front, mm-hmm. not in the back. Mm-hmm. Tommy, whether I like what he has to say or not, what I know is he's always going to give me his opinion, mm-hmm. and he's not going to hold back his thought. And he'll, he'll take me to task on something. If, if he doesn't agree with it, he may not directly come at me and say, I don't agree with you. But he's got, because he's a good salesperson, he's got a way of saying, yeah, but have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And he's not afraid to challenge me on certain things. I mean, he, he's a challenger in some ways, and I've got that in me as well. But um, it always is from a good place of, you know, cooperation and, and friendship. And 
we need those people. I mean, if we don't have people in our lives that will not challenge us in a positive way where we can have healthy conversation, mm-hmm. it's really hard to grow because you've got plenty of people that want to tear you down without, yeah. without trying to help you grow. It makes them feel better to tear you down. And then you've got a lot of people that have great, uh, you know, great minds and great thoughts and great contribution to add, but a lot of times they don't have the courage to speak up. And so having somebody that does have the courage to speak up but that will do it, you know, in a cooperative spirit, um, it, I think is a rare thing. You think department heads in, in, in the city of Murfreesboro, no matter which one it is, do you think that they feel open to share a lot of the information to you guys who are having to make the decision, especially the financial decisions on how that should work? I think that's a great question. Uh, I, I would say uh, I'm sure there are some that do not. Uh, but to go back to uh, kind of the thing we brought up about personal responsibility, mm-hmm. if they do not feel comfortable sharing that with me, uh, that's more my responsibility than it is their responsibility because it would be some reflection of how I carry myself, uh, the way I communicate with them. Uh, so if they do not, uh, I would blame them less and blame me more. So, yeah, because I've never seen anybody do as much research as you have in almost every area that's going on in Murfreesboro. And one in particular, the uh, Murfreesboro Electric, uh, you spent a great deal of time trying to research which decision is the best decision for the city of Murfreesboro when it comes to their their uh, electrical things. Yeah, and that was a hard thing. I mean, that's a big decision to make. And, and I've told people, you know, we talked a lot about that. Uh, I still do not know uh, that that was the absolute best thing for uh, the ratepayers in the city of Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. What I do feel very confident about is uh, Middle Tennessee Electric is a great company. It is. With a great leader in Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's no reason for me to believe that the ratepayers of Murfreesboro will not be in as good of shape or better in their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a lot of other questions, you know, that surround that decision, and ultimately the council made the decision to do that, and I've moved on, and I'm going to try to protect the money and do what I think is good for the for the city long term. But, you know, my big criticism of that was I, I, I didn't care for the process. I didn't think it was as transparent as it should have been, and I had this conversation with a lot of people. Um, you know, if it's as good as you say it is, um, I, I think if I've got something good, if Tommy's got something good to sell, uh, I welcome an opportunity to get on stage and to sell that because I'm so convinced that it's the right thing to do that I don't have to do it in a less than transparent way, and I feel like it was done that way. You think everyone did their research enough to make it a, uh, a fair decision on the outcome? You know, Truman, I don't, I don't know. Because I watched a lot of that. Yeah. And, and, uh, um, you were you were full of information and it, it tackled it at, at every level. And the other, I, I I shouldn't be so critical, I guess, because uh, you you can't walk in another person's shoes. But that's right. It it, it didn't seem like the knowledge was there uh, w- with some of the people to really hone in on that particular subject because that that was a major decision for the city of Murfreesboro. It it was, and I I think my response to that would be, um, and I think I said this when we talked about it, I think it's easy to feel like you, um, to kind of feel committed to a decision uh, because of prior circumstance. So something happened a year ago or five years ago or ten years ago that makes people feel more committed to a decision. Mm So I'm not being critical of any of my, you know, fellow council members that supported that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I had been there the least amount of time. So I had the least, um, I, in my, from my perspective, I had probably the most uh, objective view of that. I wasn't for or against it and was really trying to depend upon the information that was given to me to make a decision. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't feel like I ever got that information. Uh, but that doesn't mean that others might not have felt like they did have enough information. And so, yeah. uh, you know, the path you choose to get to where you are, I think, shapes your decision-making process. And so, um, you know, I, I understand how someone could have made the decision to do it. It's not like I think that's crazy. I don't, I don't think that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, in, in today's world, I think what's important is 
you know, that was a, a, a one-time non-recurring asset that we'll never have again in the city of Murfreesboro. Yeah. And if we don't preserve the proceeds of it, then we won't have the benefit of the legacy of that asset. And, and you know, and others may not agree with that. They'll, you know, there'll be some that will say, hey, we got road problems. Let's spend $200 million on roads. Well, I'm not sure that 25 years from now, people will look back and say, hey, you see that piece of asphalt over there? It's lowered my time at a red light or from my house by one minute or five minutes or seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thankful that we sold the utility so I could capture that. That's not going to happen. What's, what's going to happen 25 years from now is people are going to say, yeah, you gave me that 25 years ago, but what have you done for me lately? And if we don't build that recurring annuity um, that would serve as a legacy of the proceeds for that, we'll forget about it and it'll be gone. And, and we'll find ourselves in the same situation down the road of trying to fix, hopefully, trying to fix growth problems of, of a very vibrant, growing community. If you had your choice right now, would you rather have a government ruled by a mayor or a manager? Mayor, 100%. Yeah, I agree with you. What about you, Tommy? That's one of those questions I have no clue. I'm, I'm not very informed, and um, I'll agree with what you guys say because I trust your opinion more than my own emotional thought in the moment. It's hard to put – it's hard to make a decision without emotions, isn't it? It's almost – Of course. It, no matter what, see, what I don't know the, I don't know the difference. I don't know what a mayor does. I don't know what a city manager does. But that doesn't stop a lot of people from not knowing information to give their opinion yeah, of what right. it should be. So yeah. I've, I've learned the hard way. I'm tired of looking stupid. So if I don't know, I've got enough confidence to just say, hey, I'm, I'm ignorant here. I don't know. And Truman, and I'll add, there are a whole lot of people that I respect that are really smart people that would flat out disagree with me on that. But I think I'm in a place now where um, I appreciate the fact that they may disagree. I'm going to just as strongly disagree back with them. Yeah. To whereas it took me some time to get there. So. And you don't make a you don't make a statement like that unless you have educated yourself. I, I feel confident in what I think I know. All right, guys, I enjoyed it. And we will see you in the morning at 9. Thanks, Truman. Thank you, Truman. You guys did a great job. Thank you. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. News Radio, WGNS.